Welcome to Worms Are a Myth, an outdoorsy podcast brought to you by Whale Shark Adventure Co. I'm Christian. And I'm Carrie. And today we're going to be diving into a bit of a packing list uh, for people getting into backpacking uh, yeah. for, the, for the first time, or maybe they're just rusty and need some reminders, or maybe you're just along for the ride. You know, all so. of the above. Going to look at some gear, some basics, some essentials that we think you should take along or things that are more important than others, uh, and some basic uh, gear guide. Yeah. So basically what we're going to do as we go through is go through kind of um, a basic list. So like listing things like tent, sleeping bag, sleeping pad, but then maybe going into what we ourselves have too, just if you're interested. So we'll list what the items are that we think you should bring per category so categories being sleeping or eating drinking those kind of things and then we can talk about what we have also absolutely and you just got back from uh, a little trip uh, on the at Mm -hmm. you were backpacking for uh, just one just one night yeah it was a 15 mile overnight it's pretty good yeah it was it was fun it was uh on the at near port clinton in Pennsylvania. Which is little, maybe, what, 100, 200 miles north of the official halfway point yeah. on the AT. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania section of the AT is notoriously uh, an extremely difficult spot, mile per mile, in terms Just of... Just lots of rocky, yeah. lots of pointless up and downs. You may also hear that it's the place where boots come to die. Yeah. Uh, which is true. Lots of jagged rocks like you said and the terrain is just notorious for getting inside of uh your souls and just delaminating the heck out of those things but lots of fun yeah all sorts of fun (laughs) things but this trip i think is neat for us to do this episode because uh i think that's that would be a lot of people's first time backpacking type trips yeah a simple overnight not too many miles just good essentials for a trip like that yeah for sure you have a bit of an outline where are we starting we're starting with your pack because to list all of the things is one thing but where are you gonna put <laughs> where them? are you gonna put it where are you yeah. gonna put them <laughs> all right so i'm going backpacking on an overnight i need a hundred liter pack right no <laughs> absolutely not <laughs> good lord in heaven i think that's... you don't need anything bigger than 65 just ever i would totally totally agree with that i mean unless you're going on some kind of excursion where it says you need to have a 90 liter pack and that's so much backpack and it it is if you're like me i am such an overpacker so if i give myself myself the space i am gonna try to use it it's really difficult to Mm -hmm. limit yourself if there's extra pack you with look, empty space. you I mean, you get caught in the, oh, I'm going to bring this just in case. Mm-hmm. Or the just, like, if you say just in case, you probably shouldn't bring it. <laughs> yeah, and so for me, if I limit myself to, like, a 50 or 60 liter pack, I'm going to be forced to look at the essentials and think, all right, I need this. I don't need that. Right. And also, it's just a lot to carry. It is. It is a lot to carry. Yeah. And, and weight becomes more and more important the more... Miles you go, mm-hmm. the more into it you get. And also, I think the point that a lot of people miss is that if you're doing anything, I would say like five days plus, maybe longer, you're not self-sufficient. You you will be resupplying at some point. Yeah, some point, somewhere. 
that'll be an option for you. So on this trip, through my job, we were actually gear testing a lot of products. So we were given Osprey Auras, uh, which I actually have personally in my everyday my backpack is an Osprey Aura 65. We were testing out the Osprey Aura 50s. Great pack. I would say if you're interested in that pack, know going into it that you really need to break it in. Um, because those are, those are notoriously hard packs. To, yeah, because it, to fit. it, it has this um, suspension system built into the frame called their anti-gravity mesh. So it, it hugs you very, very tightly. And before you kind of break it in it will like I have some rub spots on my hips and on my shoulders just from where and like we were all all four of us who went on this trip were wearing them and we all know how to fit packs but it was just a lot of playing around with the fit just to see how we could get it in a more comfortable place and it's really just because they were brand new packs which you're gonna have to do to some extent anyway yeah you're gonna have to mess around with the compression straps the load the load lifters mm-hmm. um get the it, hip belt yeah, the, like the height the of spot. your shoulder yeah. straps and i suppose while we're on the subject and we should go into this you know somewhere else other than the podcast but when you're loading a backpack you want about 80% of that weight on your hips, 20% on your shoulders. That's Those are rough ballpark numbers. But there is sort of a science to, f- to filling up a pack. Uh, yeah. Just, just, you know, Google that. Like my f- <laughs> oh, yeah, we can do like another episode on that. There's or, a lot to go on. There's there. a lot to go into it. Uh, but a general kind of quick and dirty um, sleeping bag, I usually put at the bottom. Then I put food because I like food in the middle. Because if I, you put it too high, it pushes down on your shoulders. Um, and it really, really sucks. <laughs> so I usually go sleeping bag, a couple of layers of like what I'm going to sleep in that night, just loose in my bag, food, and then everything else kind of on top of that. And that's usually a good um, weight for me, like disperse, like. Um... Yeah, d- diffusion of weight. <laughs> uh, the yeah, the rule the of thumb is that you want the heaviest, densest items as close to your shoulder blades and your spine as possible. Yeah. So that the bulk of that weight is, you know, it's part of you and not just this lump of weight on your back that's trying to pull you backwards Um, and closest to your spine as in like to like the frame of the pack not like the top of the pack yes and that is to send all that weight directly down your spine into your hips which is the strongest pivot in your body yeah so there's a lot of everybody packs their pack differently but there's a lot of kind of science not science but just like Give and take and trying out. Um, yeah, a lot your own of experimenting. scientific experiment. Yeah. So we've got the pack, though. So yeah. we're thinking uh, somewhere 50, 65. Is yeah. Honestly, for good. an overnight, like I've taken a 38 oh, liter. For like, sure. You yeah. really don't need a crazy amount. It just depends on how far you're planning to go and if, who, if you're going with a group, if you're going to share gear, it's a lot easier to split up stuff. Um, we were all bringing kind of extra gear because we were trying out a lot of stuff. So we kind of had all of our own, um, like, stoves, tents, etc. We did split up the tents, but other than By splitting up the tent, she's referring to one person's going to carry the body and the fly, and the other person's going to carry the poles, the stakes, Mm -hmm. uh, things like that. Yeah. Which goes a long way into breaking up some of that weight. Yeah. So we have the pack. So I have an Osprey Aura 65. Mm-hmm. Mine is much more broken in the one I wore this weekend. Um, and it's very comfortable and I love it. And I've taken it everywhere. 
Uh, what pack do you have, Christian? I currently need to update my pack. <laughs> uh, that is, you know, you're going to find yourself in these cycles where you're constantly updating. And by the time you've updated all your stuff, you've wrapped yourself back around where that first thing that you thought was solid now needs to be updated. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's just part of this. But I am at the point <laughs> where I need to update my backpack. Currently, I'm running a super old school Eastern Mountain Sports 50 liter pack it doesn't even it's so old doesn't even have a name it's just i think it's just called the trail 50 yeah i'm pretty sure but i thought that was the long trail 50 it's what became the long trail oh, 50 so that's how that. old it is <laughs> <laughs> so it's a good pack it's actually very comfortable it's well loved it's broken in uh it is an internal frame in case you're thinking it's that old it's not it's in the modern era just you know it could be your pack explain internal versus external frame. awesome question so you think backpacking uh, or you know outdoor backpacks in general a lot of people will jump right to those cartoon-like giant metal framed uh, backpacks where there's like this cage almost that you can visibly see from the outside. Uh, and then the pack is sort of attached to that frame. That's a very old school thing. They do still exist. Some yeah. companies make them. I'm not Kelty sure makes, why. Kelty makes them. No, they're yeah. great for like the Boy Scouts love them. Uh, right. hunters love them to put uh, different like attached meat and different they, antlers and they stuff can on there. hold a ton of weight they are pack mules yeah. they will just go so i guess so, that's the reason yeah they but carry a lot of weight for backpacking purposes kind of gotten away from that just because They're everyone's heavy. yeah everyone's in the game of trying to limit your base weight as possible base weight we'll get into in a minute but um, so it isn't in my pack is an internal frame. It's a, it's an aluminum frame, so it's not carbon or anything crazy lightweight like that. But, uh, and also to dispel this myth, oftentimes aluminum is lighter than carbon and it holds more abuse. Carbon cracks and then you're done. So that's just a rant I needed to go on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you work in the outdoor industry when. <laughs> Yeah, um, so it is an internal frame. It holds weight pretty well. It's 50 liters, so it's, you know, for me, that's a perfect spot because, like I said, I overpack, and that limits me to take the stuff that I actually need. Um, it's a top loader, meaning it's basically a garbage uh, bag that you can just Throw load stuff, stuff in. in from yeah. the top, which uh, is the most basic form. So you'll, a lot of these packs nowadays, they'll have a big zipper along the front uh that you can unzip to get into the main body of the pack, which is super useful, but um, know your pack intimately, know where everything is. And yeah, no, yeah, get on in there. <laughs> Deep dive. Oh, uh, stop. <laughs> oh, Lord. But I can say what I'm planning on buying yeah. is going to be a Granite Gear uh, Crown 60, which is kind of the heaviest weight ultralight pack on the market. Uh, it's like kind of borderline just a standard weight which is crazy because that thing weighs nothing <laughs> um that's a neat pack i've i've worn it uh a couple times just like with some simulated weight in it and i love it it's so comfortable so that's what i'm looking at right now nice a couple other options but i think that's the one so we have our pack mm -hmm. we have shoes on our feet shoes are very important which i don't know how deep we should go into uh, that mean, could be its own yeah. whole episode, I think. But I could spend all day talking yeah, about footwear. Yeah, we both work footwear. <laughs> <laughs> we understand. But I mean, a good sturdy shoe. I wore I wore my Salomon XA Pro 3Ds. 
which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, they're great backpacking shoes because they're just trucks. Yeah. And that, uh, by the way, is a tr- technically a trail running shoe. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a big shift happening right now where people are getting away from wearing these heavy duty, uh, you know, very thick, uh, stiff, full shanked boots. I don't want to go too much into it, but um, that's not that's not wrong. There's just a shift happening where people are exploring more options. Yeah, there was a... I think it was um, through one branch of the military. I don't remember which. I think it was the army. Um, but they did a study, and it's every pound on your foot is like putting another 10 pounds in your pack. So people are starting to kind of realize that and go with it, and they're like, oh, this is... We should not do that. And then <laughs> people are <laughs> leaning a lot more towards trail runners. Right. Um, which I do, too. Uh, I've been wearing uh, the Adidas Terex Swift uh, mids. And they're crazy lightweight. They're pretty much a trail runner in a boot shape because mm-hmm. they're very lightweight and athletically built uh, with their with their uppers and the last that they were built on. That's super geeky footwear terminology. We'll get there later. Um, <laughs> anyway, so we got so our, we have, our boots. We have big things or pack and boots. We're mm-hmm. good. All right. So first category of actual things that go in the pack is sleeping. So... I will put the whole list of all these categories and the things that should go in the categories um, in the show notes. Mm -hmm. If that's something you want to look at, take a look. Um, But so for sleeping, I have tent, sleeping bag, sleeping pad, and this is optional, but pillow. I don't think it's optional. It's not (laughs) optional. I Okay, so I've backpacked for years without a pillow, and I'm like, oh, I'm tough. I can do it without it. Um, No, it's just pretty amazing to have a pillow. So here's, um, it's everything in backpacking is highly subjective and that's sort of the fun of it is getting into these like debates on like what you need, what you don't need, what's essential, blah, blah, blah. Um, highly subjective. So there's creature comfort, certain things that are just going to make you happier on the trail when you reach these points of desperation where it's no longer fun. And that's, you know, this is supposed to be fun. So anything yeah. that's going to keep morale high, that's mm-hmm. a necessity. So having a pillow, if that's going to And if it weighs make, like, un- yeah. it weighs wicked. So what's, what's your pillow? I have um, a pillow from the company Trekology. Um, I was originally looking at the Cedar Summit. Um, I forget the name of the pillow that they have. It's um, the Arrows. Okay, yeah. Yeah, A-E-R-O-S. the Arrows. A-E-R-O-S. Um, which is an amazing inflatable pillow. They pack down really small. They're really, really lightweight. Um, but they're like 50 or $60, which, you know, no shade. It's probably an amazing pillow. But I found a lot of gear reviews uh, talking about the Trekology pillows, which are the same weight as the Sea to Summit ones and I've heard are just as durable. So, and they only cost $15. So I decided to check it out and I absolutely love mine. It's yeah. great. Compared to the pillow that I have, which is the Nemo pillow, which is twice as much money, um, does exactly the same thing. So yeah. I just got suckered into it because <laughs> I like the Nemo. But. So sometimes it's fun to kind of play around because sometimes you can get like a lesser known brand and it can be an amazing product and better than some of the top name brands in the industry. And then other times there's a reason that they're the top name brands in the industry. So Absolutely. you get to kind of play around with that. But that was kind of the end of the list. So let's go back up to the top. Oh. So <laughs> tent. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of different, a lot of different tents you can go with. Um, with for backpacking, you want something sub six pounds, 
Yeah, six pounds is pushing it. It's very, very well, heavy. Well, okay, let's break that up. So, yeah. two people? We're mm-hmm. thinking two-man two tent? Two people, yeah. Is usually what you're going to find yourself backpacking with. Um, Even if it's just you, it's a lot of nice extra room. Yeah. And they're and not al- that much and heavier. honestly, a lot of the two-person tents out there, or let's, let's say a lot of the one-person tents out there are really just enough room for you and your sleeping bag and your gear is definitely going outside. Yeah. Two-person tent. While they're built for two people, you're going to really want to know your tent mate very yeah. well because uh, it's cramped and your gear is still probably going outside. So like my friend Jess yesterday yeah. or last night was just rolling into me. <laughs> exactly. So if if it's just you and you've got a two person, then that's I like to say it's like a 1.5 person because it's yeah. got enough room for you plus your gear. And you don't mm-hmm. always want to have your gear on the inside. Um, but it's, you know, it's nice to have it nearby and know that it's not going to get rained and if on. It, yeah, if it's getting like really stormy outside, you might want to keep your shoes inside and your socks so they're not wet for the morning. Or yeah. There's just like a, a plethora of things that you could want to keep inside that it's just kind of nice. Yeah. Um, but so a six pound tent is heavy. That's pretty heavy. It's very heavy. But that's kind of your base car camping tent. Mm-hmm. Um, which if you want to carry that, good for you. Split <laughs> it up with your partner. So it's only three pounds each. Yep. Um, <laughs> and even three pounds, some people would stick their noses up to that and say, oh, so much oh yeah. I mean, that's, that's what we were saying. It's so subjective about what you want to splurge on. Like some people are like, oh yeah, this is a three pound tent, but I get headspace. I get this, I get this, I get this, I get this dope. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like if that's. Yeah. If that's something that's going to make you comfortable, then by all means. I, I'm of the philosophy that you should never sacrifice your happiness for weight. If There's a very fine line, and once you get over the line where it's fun and now it's just you're trying to get weight down... That's that's right. that's a crossing the line, so it's, right. there's no point to it anymore. Like I said, this is supposed to be fun, so... You know, it's get your weight down as much as possible, but you're you're having fun, so just keep that in mind. Yeah. Um. So the tents that we were testing were MSR tents. Uh, the one that my tent mate and I were carrying was, or the one that we were carrying was the Hubba Hubba two person backpacking tent. Great name. It is a great name. <laughs> which its packed weight is three pounds thirteen ounces. Do you want to explain real quick what packed weight means versus trail weight versus... uh... You can take the floor. Go ahead. (laughs) Okay. So (laughs) uh, packed weight versus trail weight. Packed is meaning it's got the carrying case as in like the stuff sack that it comes in, all of the peripherals that you buy the tent with. The trail weight is just that stuff kind of dry as it were. So in your pack, um, kind of loosey-goosey. In a weird way. So you're, Mm -hmm. you know, not carrying. Most people don't, I guess, uh, even that's subjective. So I don't know. But real, we can talk about that later when we do something about tents. But um, there's a lot of these weird lingo words that uh, can be overwhelming if you walk into an outdoor retailer. And so then what's (laughs) the one that people should be looking for if they're looking to buy a tent? Trail weight. Trail weight. You should be looking at trail weight because that is the real world statistic of what's going to add up in your pack. Yeah. Um, so our packed weight for the Hubba Hubba 2 is 2 pounds, 3 ounces. And I'm looking at MSR's website and they don't say trail weight. They say fast and lightweight. 
And that's yeah, and they'll all which have is, different they all words have for the different same things. things. But that would be one pound nine ounces, which is pretty good. Yeah, that's that's bare minimum. And I split it up with my tent mate, mm-hmm. so um, it's pretty good. And it's it's a freestanding tent, which means that it will stand up on its own without stakes. Um, the the actual poles will um, keep it standing on its own. Now the ones that our trail mates were hiking with, um, or the one that my trail mates were hiking with was the carbon reflex two from MSR. Um, which is, Oh, I'm sorry. I just read you the weight for the carbon reflex reverse. We'll that say, is yeah. the carbon <laughs> reflexes weight, which is very light for the hubba hubba. No, the hubba hubba weighs three pounds, two ounces, um, trail weight. Cool. So, so let's have that again. Hubba hubba three pounds, two ounces. And then the reflex. Carbon reflex is one pound, nine ounces. So huge difference, huge difference there. right? So, and they're both two, two person tents. They're both two person tents. So even just side by side, yeah. they're both roomy. Um, now the carbon reflex is not a freestanding tent. And although that means is even with its poles, it won't stand up by itself. So you just need to use the stakes to make sure that it's standing up. Right. Yeah. So guy lines out, they'll pull tension and pop it up. Mm-hmm. Um, generally, People getting into backpacking, those tents uh, are going to be probably at a higher price point. Yeah, this one is five hundred dollars or four ninety nine yeah. ninety five, and then the hubba hubba is three ninety nine ninety five. And even three ninety nine can be intimidating. That's daunting. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. So yeah, you can get yourself a a quality, moderately lightweight back two person backpacking tent for around the two hundred dollar mark. If you want to dish out the extra coin for it, that's you know go you. Because um, you're but, you're investing. If this is something that you're really into, and you mm-hmm. decide that that's what you want to invest your money in, 100% do that. It's gonna last you. Right, and this goes for everything, and you have to make sacrifices here and there. But I firmly believe if you buy the right gear the first time, it's gonna save you in the long run because you won't have to replace it. It's gonna be quality to begin right, with. Right, right. So you might buy a $90 tent from Walmart. Not calling them out. They might be fine. But next season, it might delaminate, might not be waterproof anymore. So now you got to yeah. spend another $90. You're already up to 180 where you could have had, you know, that to begin with. A pretty good but baseline tent for 180 Not trying to show uh, throw shade, just No, and honestly, the best gear that you can have is the one that you have. Yeah. So the best tent that you can buy is the one that you can afford, yeah. right? So better, better to have something. It's better to have a tent than to not go outside. Well, it's better to have a hammock than... <laughs> you are impossible so anyway we're moving on um to sleeping bag but right bef- before we do that tents are very like it's a very murky world to delve into because there's a lot of different things that you can be looking for um but just something that you think is easy to assemble make sure that you try and set it up in the store before you buy it um if you buy it at a store um i i strongly encourage that you should Make sure it. that you know how all the parts work. How they ask them if you can set it up in the store, have them show it to you. They should let you set it up in the store. If they don't, buy from another a different store. Go to probably. a different store. <laughs> Unless they just don't have the room. That's a different story. But yeah. um they should let you set it up in the store and get an idea for it. Mm-hmm. Uh get inside it, lay down in it, sprawl, kinda, you know. Get a real idea for it because yeah. you're the one investing in it and you're the one who's gonna have to sleep with it. Yeah. So those are the tents that we carried um, this weekend that we were testing from MSR. Um, personally, love both of them. 
because I want something really lightweight, I probably would like to buy the Carbon Reflex 2 person ultralight tent. <laughs> um, but that is not the point. So sleeping bags. <laughs> <laughs> so I carried my Marmot Trestles 15 degree bag and going back to like investing in good gear and then realizing that you want something lighter weight <laughs> later on is kind of a common theme. Now, not to say that it's not good because this, I've put this sleeping bag through hell and high water and it always keeps me warm, always keeps me dry. I'm always happy with it. It just weighs four pounds. So. Yeah, which is <laughs> getting to the heavier side. Yeah. And what's your, um, I don't know if you said, what's the, the temperature rating on that? Oh, it's a 15 degree bag. So, so that's, it's a really warm bag. Four pounds for, for a uh, 15 degree? Mm-hmm. Not that bad. It's not horrible. Um, on a weekend trip like this, it was kind of horrible. Right. Weather was moderate. What do you, there's oh. a bug. That's a cricket. <laughs> okay, it's fine. That's if you guys one. hear Kermie the Cricket. <laughs> That's the one making all the noise. <laughs> we can cut out this bug nonsense. Yeah, we can cut out the bug nonsense. Okay, anyway. <laughs> Nothing to be alarmed about. Just a cricket. <laughs> anyway. Um, 15 degrees is a very, very warm bag. And it's definitely mm-hmm. more bag than I needed for this weekend trip. But currently, I have not upgraded to a... I want a warmer weather bag so yeah. I can have some versatility mm-hmm. and also some lighter weight. Um, but it's, at the moment I just, I have what I have. And it's worth knowing if you're a hot or cold sleeper that can have a slight effect on it. Yeah. Uh, and when you are looking at sleeping bags, whatever the temperature rating of the bag is, add 10 degrees to that. And that's probably where you're going to be actually comfortable. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. the, that's its lower comfort rating, whatever number it's given. So your 15 degree bags, they're saying with base layers and a pad under you, you should average person should be comfortable down to that mark yeah starting I've used, to get chilly i've used my 15 degree bag in 10 degree weather and was i a little chilly 100 percent. was i fine yep so <laughs> <laughs> uh, and i just want to say real quick and make this can even be the segue into pads they're a married couple sleeping bags and pads oh and they yeah should never ever be broken up and the reason for that is when you lay in a sleeping bag, you compress all of the insulation underneath you. So therefore, it how insulation works is that the little um, little pockets of air in the synthetic insulation, more specifically in down, that's called loft. Um, but I think it's called loft in both, actually. Yeah, I think it is. But so you your body heats up these pockets of air and then the actual insulation keeps it warm. But when you lay down on it, you compress all of the insulation. So there's no more pockets of air. So there's no nothing keeping you warm underneath there. Or at least not to the degree that the rest of it will keep you warm. So you need something to protect you and to insulate you from the ground. Because the ground is very cold in comparison wants, to the air. And it wants to suck all the heat out of your body. It does. It does. So a sleeping pad is a really ingenious way to kind of insulate yourself from the ground and keep warmth in your body it's always nice um (laughs) the degrees of it keeping you warm is called the r value so if you're looking at a sleeping pad um you want to look at the r value um generally sleeping pads are going to be backpacking sleeping pads are going to be on a range from roughly a 0.5 to let's call it maybe a six you can go higher than that most of them are going to fall within those two numbers. 
mm-hmm. and the R value in a sleeping pad is actually on the same scale as your house insulation, which is going to be your R13s, 30s, 45s, mm-hmm. the pink stuff in your walls. Um, so a three season pad's going to be like a 0.5, maybe a two, uh, anywhere in that range, which is a, you know a good amount because even mm-hmm. in the summer, in the in the mornings, the ground gets cold. You don't Especially if you're it, at any kind of elevation. Absolutely. Um, it's pretty cold. So, um, we were testing the Thermarest, a, a couple different Thermarest pads this weekend. Um, the one that I was testing was the Neo Air X-Lite sleeping pad from Thermarest. Um, I traditionally, have used closed cell foam pads, which don't take any fuss. You don't need to inflate them. They never pop because it's just foam. Um, they're, not the most comfortable in the entire world because it's very it's thin um and you can feel rocks and sticks underneath so you so you have to pick where you sleep pretty carefully but you can do anything to them and they're not gonna yeah you can just abuse them and abuse them they're the big eggshell look egg crate looking things that people Mm -hmm. that you see backpackers stash on the outside of their packs and they're the only kind of pad you should stash on the outside of your pack because you cannot break them right they're they're pretty indestructible but the pad i was trying was just a complete air pad so it didn't have there are some with both in um like foam on the inside that you can also inflate so it kind of does both this one was just all air um so thank god it didn't have a hole in it um (laughs) but i am it weighs 12 ounces and the r value is 3.2 which is technically a four season and that's sleeping pad weight to yeah value it's, it's ratio. very 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 lightweight uh, and it's extremely comfortable inside that pad there's like reflective material kind of like the stuff that you have on your windshield uh reflectors to keep the sun from heating up your car during the summer uh that stuff on the inside so it kind of recycles your body heat and that same thing it's going to um heat that that actual reflective heats those air pockets so the same principle of heating up air pockets to keep you warm is used in a lot of different capacities when it comes to outdoor it's really neat it's all all of this stuff is always using like you as the source and that's what it should be it's like yeah you're you're Mm self-sufficient almost literally (laughs) yeah um and then my camping mates used the thermarest thermarest i can't even talk thermarest um i think it was the Prolite Plus or something. I think the Prolite is C to Summit. No. No? No. It's definitely Thermarest. Okay. Or at least, I'm, yeah, I'm 95% cool. percent sure. Um, and they love those too. Those do have some foam in there. So you don't have to inflate it as much as you do with the Neo Air. Um, and it's still, if it even deflated, you still have some protection because there's some foam in there. Um, Basically, you're like, like three or four point our value would drop to like a 0.5 or one at that point which is better than nothing yeah um and that kind of does it for the sleeping so we've got tent Mm -hmm. sleeping bag sleeping pad and pillow yeah um which can be referred to often as a sleep system um and should be viewed as all one unit when it's in your pack it's a category yeah so what's our next category our next category (laughs) is eating and drinking there you go and so I didn't include any actual food on this list. This is just kind of your base weight kind of stuff, the gear that doesn't add or subtract as you consume it. Mm-hmm. 
So no water, no um, actual food or... I did put fuel on here, but like, meh. Yeah, that's no, also I mean, a that's, consumable. Yeah, that's worth going into. But um, but so the stuff in this category, we have stove, pot, cup, spork, um, bladder or bottles, depending on what you like to keep your water in. I personally like bladders, um, and a, and a singular bottle, depending on how long mm-hmm. I'm going out there for. Um, a water filter and a bear bag rope and a carabiner and a stuff sack to, that goes with it. There you go. Um, so for stoves, we were testing a bunch of MSR stoves. Um, my personal stove is an MSR pocket rocket, and that's what I actually was testing for the trip. So nothing really different there. We also tested the pocket rocket deluxe, which comes out next season. Um the only difference between that and the regular pocket rocket is that it has an internal igniter that is supposedly unbreakable. So <laughs> it's funny <laughs> that you say that because I was thinking of it until you just said that those um, piazza lighters that come like out of the box in some of these stoves that they're igniting, uh, they have a built in lighter. They are known to break pretty much on the first use. So, well, the the way that um, it was described to me as to why this was unbreakable is because um, it's every single part of it is internal. Not even like the um, the part where it gives off the of spark. The spark yeah. is external. Everything's internal. Wow, cool. So nothing is going to knock it off. Nothing's going to. Now, my question. This is slightly off topic, but my question was. <laughs> Well, if it does break, how are you supposed to fix it if it's in all internal? Right. That's going to be you know? a test so, of MSRs. I don't know. Uh, that's, that's, <laughs> this is service. a new product for them. Yeah. That'll be a question for them next season when any of you decide to buy that stove or Absolutely. not. Um, and then we also u- uh, used their Whisper Light stove, which is um, kind of like the jet boil system where the pot has like a flux ring. I don't know what MSR calls it, but that's the only thing that I can think to call it is a yeah. flux ring. And... Um, the only difference between the MSR one and the Jetboil one of this same kind of stove category is that there's no actual exposed air between the flame and the pot's like flux ring container. Um, and it uses combustion to heat up the air that's already in there. So it, it's a lot faster. You're not, it's a lot more efficient. Um, and it's like, I was actually shocked at how quickly it boiled water. It was crazy. It's pretty cool, kids. It's pretty cool. <laughs> um, so after your stove... You want a lighter? <laughs> just always bring a lighter everywhere. Yeah, bring just, like two. Just a, a simple Bic lighter from the drugstore. Yeah. It'll be fine. Those things are crazy reliable. Um, all of us except for one of us forgot a lighter. <laughs> so some kind of backpackers we are. Yeah. Um, you want a pot to boil your water or make your food in. I personally have the Sea to Summit X pot, which I absolutely love. Yeah. Thing's amazing. It, it it packs down really small because the sides of it are a, a, a medical grade silicone. Um, so it's kind of like those collapsible cups. You can, I actually have, that was my next thing is a cup. I have the <laughs> X mug, which is just the same thing, but in a mug form. Well, and the, the pot does have a metal. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's metal on the bottom. So you're not, you know, ingesting silicone. Um, but it's great. It's really, really lightweight because the whole thing's not metal. It decreases the weight by a lot. And it's actually really big for how lightweight yeah, it it's is. Like 1.4 liters. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, so I have that as a pot. Um, I have my X mug, which is just a collapsible two cup volume uh, mug, which is great. And then sporks because they're handy dandy and they break. So you might as well be able to replace them. Yeah. 
Uh, they break faster when they get colder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for <laughs> They're pretty sure. brittle. You can, um, you know, if you want to, if you've got a few extra dollars in your budget after all this, go for the titanium sporks. They're light and, and worth your money. Mm-hmm. They'll last you As forever. long as you don't lose things. Yeah, as long as you don't lose them <laughs> or they get stolen or lost or something like yeah. that. Well, that is losing. Anyway. Um, so then after sporks, we've got bladder bottles. So mm-hmm. I always use a camelback bladder. I'm like superstitious. About, is that the word? Yeah, Maybe. A, where, where are you going with this? <laughs> that's how you say that word. I don't know. I had like a brain <laughs> moment where I just didn't. That's how you, I just get really weird. I use I've used um, other brand of other brands of hydration bladders and they've always spilled on me. Mm-hmm. And it's not just me not knowing how to close them. I've had other people close them. I just, so I don't mess around with it anymore. I just go with what I already like. I really like the Camelback ones because they have a screw top. Um, so they really lock in place and I don't feel like I'm going to soak all of my stuff. Um, and see, I, there, I do have uh, also the the screw in lid, the threaded lid ones. I kind of prefer the Ziploc ones. Um, Ziploc. I do have exactly one Osprey. Kosher. That's a name brand, but I do have one Osprey one like that for my running vest, which I do like. But their their actual like bladder bladders are different than at least the one that I have in my running vest, or at least the Osprey bladders I've used before this. They are all starting to go the uh, the Ziploc where, uh, way, mm-hmm. just because they I guess they're more reliable. Um, I really like my one for running. Um, yeah. But no, I've I've owned um, a couple of the the circle threaded lid ones, and they're they're fine. They're secure. Um, go I ahead, like them. Go ahead and get yourself a two or three liter. Mm-hmm. Anything less than that, you might as well just take a bottle. Yeah. Uh, which is fine if that's what you want to do. Yeah, but. totally. A lot of people use the smart water bottles because they're really lightweight. Crazy lightweight. Yeah. Um, and they're really durable for a reusable water bottle. Yeah. So the argument against taking a bladder, which is something that I deal with, is you have no when it's behind you you have no idea how much water you're drinking um i suck water down like a fish when i hike <laughs> and that's good because i'm drinking water but that's also bad because now i'm going to run out faster so i have to be careful about monitoring how much i'm drinking with a water bottle you are visually every time you bring it to your lips you're seeing okay i've had that much i need to and then cool it. for me on the contrary when i have bottles i get too irritated and i don't want to stop to drink I don't want to take them out of my pack. I don't want to have to think about it. If I have a bladder, the hose is right there. Like I'm going to, I can just sip as I go. I'm not like, I'm not the kind of person (laughs) who likes to dump a bunch of water on my stomach. I have to be sipping the whole time. Like if I'm thirsty, I want it now. Like I want a little sip and then I'm going to go. So I I think there's valid points to both. It just depends on how you are as a person. Yeah, this is an awesome example of how everyone's going to be different with all of this here. And there's valid points to both sides. So don't don't let anyone tell you this is the only way to do it. (laughs) Find out what works for you. And every time you go out, you're going to learn something new. Totally. And there's there's situations in which I would want only bottles and some that I would only want bladders it just like for example when i like go longer mileage backpacking i like a bladder and a bottle because i like to put noon which are hydration tablets in my nalgene and then keep clean water in my um hydration bladder so there's there's you know there's different things that you can do with everything um noon should be a staple in everyone's just everybody go get noon Noon, please (laughs) contact us please sponsor no what um 
Next is a personal water filter. So if you're going in a group, a lot of times you can bring like a big gravity filter and filter for everybody, but they're heavier. There's a lot more moving parts. Um, it just depends on if you're going to split it all up between your group. Um, but if it's just you and another person, the personal like squeeze filters are usually more than enough. I have a Sawyer squeeze that I absolutely love. Um, Which is interesting because before you got it, you were skeptical because you'd owned a Sawyer Mini, right? Mm -hmm. That didn't work quite as well as you well, wanted? Well, the Sawyer Mini broke on me really quickly. So before it broke, though, um, it's because it's such a small filter, it's really, really, re it takes a lot of like muscle to push the water through. Mm -hmm. And it's just when you're filtering water and you're hungry and tired, you're like, fuck that. <laughs> fuck that i don't want i don't want to sit here and use all of my remaining strength that i could be using for eating to filter water through this goddamn tiny filter i hate it so much she's getting heated oh, <laughs> I've, I've had so many moments where i wanted to murder that thing and then they they did fix it for me like i just had um the washer fell out of it um that creates the suction and then it was like dripping everywhere it's just, i don't know it, i had a bad experience with the mini so but i still really liked the idea of the squeeze filters mm -hmm. and i had a, a lot of friends who had like the full-size squeeze and they're like no it's a thousand times better <laughs> and i used theirs and i was like oh yeah it just 100 percent is so i got my own it's amazing i love I it i would say just go right for the sawyer squeeze yeah don't uh, get the mini it's at a pretty good price point the yeah. mini costs 25 bucks the squeeze is uh, i think 39 it's 39 to 59 depending on where you where are you get it i was in a cabela's today and it was 59 mm, and no the 59 had like a bunch of extra accessories on go. it yeah. but like you just have to make sure that you're reading the packaging to see what you're getting yeah um and those are gonna have i, I think it's a uh, hundred thousand liter lifespan it's to a them. crazy it's a crazy uh, which amount. is yeah it's gonna last you a long time yeah uh, you do need to backwash these occasionally yeah so you'll notice you're getting you know harder har harder and harder squeezes out of them uh all you got to do is just get some clean water on the exit valve so you're in reverse now Send that clean water through the the reverse way. Clean it out. Takes two seconds, and then you're back in business. Yeah, totally. And then, lastly, bear bag with some rope and a carabiner mm -hmm. because bear safety. Bears. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not so much that you're trying to get bears uh, away from you. I mean, that's important because safety. But but no, but it keeps them safer because if they stay away from your food, then they're less apt to come back to that campsite yeah. and. So on. Leave and no you don't trace. want to be out of your food. No. All right. <laughs> it's more preserving your food. Next category yeah. is clothing. Very important. Very important. So I don't want to go too, too we'll much. We'll spend another episode. Yeah. There's a lot that can go into layering. I just, I think for this category, want to say the thing, what I brought, and then the next thing, and then what I brought. And before you get into that, I think uh, a, a big just overall takeaway is that you want to limit your cotton content as much as possible yes cotton loves your sweat and it wants to hold it right against your skin and that is a good remedy for hypothermia yeah it's not good at thermoregulating um which is just keeping your body temperature at a good um stable place so synthetics so, and wool blends are going to do an awesome yeah. job of wicking that sweat away from you expelling it and drying fast and they'll even still perform even if they're soaking wet mm -hmm. so so clothing. So first thing we got rain jacket. So I didn't actually pack a rain jacket because you should always pack your rain gear. You should, kids. You should always <laughs> do this. 
I had packed it in my car and forgot it in my car. So I had tried, but I forgot. So <laughs> rain jacket, 100%. Um, I brought my Marmot Minimalist Gore-Tex shell, which, good jacket. That's a good jacket. Um, next thing is lightweight insulated jacket. So depending on the temperature, it got down into like the lower 50s when we were there. So I brought my Adam LT. The best our, jacket ever made, by ever. Our, by Arcteryx. Buy it's one. an excellent jacket. Um, and that was perfectly fine for me. Um, a lightweight fleece. So I brought my Patagonia R1 quarter zip fleece. And don't let all these name brands fool you. I got that at a thrift store. So Yeah, you can score. I was actually <laughs> just talking about this to a, to a buddy of mine today. Plato's Closet is an awesome place to score some name brand oh, yeah. deals. I get so, I get literally I have so many things that are technical from Plato's Closet. It's crazy. I don't know if it's just that they don't know what they have. But I don't know if they have those in, all the over the country. Out. Do they? I don't know. Yeah, it's if, basically if, just a resale shop. If, yeah. If they don't, it's just. Yeah, exactly. It's a resale shop. So um, so next um, hiking pants and shorts. So I just wore my Patagonia baggies, a nice synthetic, no frills kind of short. Mm hmm. Um, hiking shirt is just anything synthetic. So I just had a synthetic Merrill tee from mm. a it's race. Be a quick drying uh, yeah. shirt. Um, base layer top and bottom for sleeping. So I had my midweight Polar Tech um, base layer bottoms from Eastern Mountain Sports and just a light, really lightweight base layer top from also Eastern Mountain Sports. Nice. Um, underwear, I had my Patagonia switchback bra, which is just a really, really comfortable, great for um, activity. I use it for running and backpacking um, sports bra. And my ex officio underwear. Um, now, ladies, listen up. <laughs> <laughs> this is one instance in which cotton is okay. Because if you're wearing synthetic down there, it can get really, really nasty and you can get an infection. So take this with a grain of salt. Do what's best for your body. Experiment around with it. Um, but it's always good to have something a little bit more breathable. And I know that we've said cotton's not breathable. It isn't. But when it comes to down there, it's better to have a cotton situation than a synthetic one. I don't think it's that cotton isn't breathable because there's certain, again, certain, and this is going to confuse everyone and I'm so sorry. I'll try to do my best. Um, if you, let's say the desert, for example, crazy dry, cotton actually is pretty breathable. So depending on where you are, yeah, I probably shouldn't even have said that. But for your but. lady business, <laughs> cotton can be a really safe option to go with. Um, if you're prone to infections or anything like that, like do your research, play around with it. Cotton's not a bad thing down there. However, um, if you get a really good synthetic underwear, like Ex Officio makes really, really nice synthetic underwear that's good for this kind of stuff and for long time wear, then it, that's something you can play around with and get away with. And it's not too, too muggy. Yeah. Uh, on the men's side of that, <laughs> I know you get a kick out of it. Saks, S-A-X-X, they make some nice undies. You haven't backpacked in those. I have felt the crap out of them, though. And they That's are nice. Weird. Um, true. Also, for uh, those of you who don't know what that is, there's this like <laughs> they call it the ballpark pouch, and it's in the underwear. You know what she means. And it literally just cups your stick and berries, and it prevents chafing. I guess I don't know. They look <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, a lot of those uh, same thing though. A lot of those um, synthetics can be uncomfortable. Like I've got an old pair from EMS that I hate wearing. Um, just find a nice uh 
Find what works for you. Find what works for you. But, like, specifically for, like, lady business infections, like, don't rule out cotton. Um, Moving on. (laughs) So, we have socks. Um, I always wear merino wool socks. Wow, I'm such a snooty human being. But, for real, it's going to keep you from blistering. It's going to reduce friction. Um, Play around with different brands. Not all brands are created equal i.e. darn tough is the better brand out of any of the other brands and y'all can fight me about it uh i will fight you um well you're wrong in a later episode uh (laughs) i do like darn tough darn toughs are great i actually own what we both own probably all the brands combined yeah but um i've recently come to absolutely love belega's uh, they're crazy. You haven't trail tested them yet. I have trail tested them. I trail ran in them the other day, and I've gone on some couple, a couple like just right. moderate well. hikes in them. Uh, I wear them every single day, like literally the same pair. It's not gross. You're gross. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do that with my darn toughs. Uh, by the way, Smart Wolves and Darn Tough are both guaranteed for life. It's just that Darn Tough advertises it more than Smart Wolf. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they don't have a good warranty, you know, maybe skimp on them. Or skip on them. Don't skimp on them. Um, but the reason, again, going back to why merino wool is really good in this instance, it's really good at thermoregulating. If you knew how much your foot sweated, like, on a daily basis without, like, excess activity, you'd be shocked. So you, like, I don't think people realize how much their feet sweat. Like, I was talking to my coworker, oh, yeah. and she, she used to work at another outdoor store in Iowa, and um they used to keep like a huge jug of water that was an accurate representation of how much your feet sweat on an average day without activity and people were like oh my god you're (laughs) crazy that's not true and they were like no for real it is and that's only like added to when you're adding activity so you sweat a lot so this is a huge instance in which quick dry and thermoregulating comes into play so merino wool which is very very fine fibered wool um it's fine to wear in the summer yeah it's super breathable it's great like thermo- i keep saying thermoregulating that just means it keeps your feet at a comfortable temperature no matter yeah. what the temperature is outside and these uh these wools are the socks are blends so they're mostly wool usually about 50 to 70 percent wool and the rest is going to be synthetic um for stretch and for stretch uh, and longevity and things yeah. like that uh the, these these wool fibers like carrie was saying they're a lot nicer on your skin than your like think your like your classic harsh wool fibers. Like these sheep like are bred sweaters. specifically for yeah. this. Yeah. So your top notch uh, South African and New Zealand and I think Peru is the other big one. Uh, exporters of merino wool. It's really nice stuff. Um, Sockwell gets theirs from Colorado. There so you go. There Some Coloradoian uh, sheep. Uh, oh there's also God. a thing on the market called mohair, which is goat hair, actually. All the same properties as merino there's wool. There's alpaca socks. Yeah, and loads there's of different a lot, ones. Yeah. So just do your research on them. Ask uh, one if of your If you're allergic to ex- wool, experts. definitely go with a synthetic and not a cotton. Yeah, that's... Yeah, Number absolutely. one rule, just don't go with cotton for socks. <laughs> um, good talk. All yeah. right, next thing is sunglasses. So yeah, this important. is super important. Um, I always forget mine. Yeah. Polarized is super important. Why don't you tell quickly 
briefly, because <laughs> okay, I know yeah. you're going to nerd out about it. Uh, yeah. Briefly, <laughs> su- like succinctly tell us why we should have polarized sunglasses and what that means. There's this big old thing in the sky called the sun. And it get, <laughs> doesn't just, it's not just bright. That's part of it. So what regular sunglasses do is they shade your eyes. That's okay. That's okay. Um, gets, you know, the sun out of your eyes. But the important thing that polarization does is there's these rays that come off the sun, UVA, UVB. Those are harmful to your retinas. They will burn out your eye sockets. (laughs) So especially if you're at elevation. So if you have these polarized sunglasses, not only is it going to filter out something crazy like 98% of those rays, harmful rays that can hurt your eyes, uh, they're going to cut down on glare and make everything look super buttery crisp. And those are conflicting terms. I'm going to roll with it. Um, (laughs) You just like try a pair on and you will know the difference. They're... They're worth it, I promise you. And you don't even have to spend crazy amounts of money on your Oakleys and your Smiths and your Natives. There's no, there's a lot of really affordable brands. Peppers, SunClouds, uh, to name three, that yeah. are all always polarized. They're around the 30 to $70 range, mm-hmm. which, okay, might be a little bit expensive considering if you've bought drugstore sunglasses for the past 10 years, uh, like I used to, but... It's worth your money, um, and a lot of them actually have pretty good warranties still for the mm-hmm. for the cheaper price. SunCloud's owned by Smith, so they're covered by the Smith warranty. I think SunCloud's owned by Polaroid now. Oh, I lied. <laughs> just kidding. Um, I could be wrong on that too, but just yeah, um, try a bunch out. Uh, Maui Jim Native uh, Smith. But yeah, so this is all important yeah. because when you're out backpacking and hiking, you're you know, you're out in the sun all day. And even if you're in the trees, there's still sun mm-hmm. around and you're still affected by that. So it's really important to make sure that you're protecting your eyes from the elements, especially if you have lighter eyes like yeah. we do. We both have blue eyes. Blue eyes You're syndrome. a lot more <laughs> susceptible to yeah. like those kinds of things you with can lighter eyes. Sunburned on your eyes without Oh yeah, that's hundred percent true. Yeah. Um so next order of business is a hat. Same thing, just kind of yeah. covering your head shading it's protecting you from the elements yeah and plus you look cool yeah you can rep your favorite brands (laughs) um (laughs) a a beanie is always good for in camp at night because it gets chilly beanie and especially for sleeping at night best way to stay warm is wear a beanie and wear socks yeah i can't tell you how many times i it's been like summer and you go and you sleep outside and you actually do wear a beanie at night and you're like i did not think i was gonna need oh yeah beanies all day every day and then finally, the best part of clothing is the Crocs. <laughs> um, Explain 100%. why that's important. So camp shoes really is the category, but that is equivalent to Crocs. So when you come into, you roll on in, you, you roll on into your little campsite, you're starting to set things up, but oh my God, we just walk so far and my feet hurt so bad. <sighs> oh my God. Well, lucky me, I brought some Crocs. They weigh almost <laughs> nothing. They're super comfortable. You can wear socks with them. They're neon <laughs> yeah, green. <you> can. <laughs> so they're not going to go anywhere. You can find them anywhere because they're neon. Um, you know. Yeah. I'm a big uh, advocate. Uh, I've been uh, testing out the, uh, and Carrie's going to give me some looks, uh, the Oboe's <laughs> uh, Campsters. They're just ugly. Which are, they're I super ugly. I have no ugly. room to talk. I'm talking about Crocs right now. No, they're, yeah, absolutely. They're ugly. Camp shoes, they're going to be ugly, I promise. If but as not, long as you're comfortable, then yeah. that's all that matters. You want to eat your dinner in your comfy shoes that are not your sweaty, muddy, 
you know, wore them all day shoes. Yeah. Oh, camp shoes. Go so with good. your Crocs. Usually you can find a good deal on them. They're modestly priced anyway. If you, yeah. if you want to dish out the extra money on the You can do Adidas obos. slides. You can yeah, do, you do whatever you want. Whatever is lightweight and comfortable yeah. for you, do that. I did Ufos for a really long time. They're a recovery brand. Um, so they're really good for sore muscles. And I absolutely love those. They're uber comfortable. They're um, just kind of pricey, that's all. Yeah, and you can't wear socks as well with them as you can with Crocs. <laughs> that's we, the key here. Oh, also, this is actually key for clothing in general. Always, always, always bring a nighttime pair of socks. Oh, yeah. Um, that's, a, that's actually a really good thing to touch upon. You really don't need to load up on crazy amounts of socks. I'd say if you want to push it, three pairs. Alternate two pairs, one day wear these, then sleep in a pair. Mm -hmm. uh, you can even go as far as to put them in a Ziploc bag so you know that they're going to be dry. There's um, just nothing worse, I think, yeah. in the world than just getting in wet socks to get into your sleeping bag. Although that is the quickest way to dry socks. Fun fact. Um, <laughs> it's just <a> depressing. <laughs> like that's maybe one of my creature comforts is I just want warm socks, dry socks. Please. No, God. I mean, I think that's going to help everyone yeah. sleep at night. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you want to do that, one pair of socks, hike in. Second pair of socks at night to sleep in, and then the third pair of socks this the the, the next day, and then just just cycle that. Yeah, you don't uh, need a lot of socks, but no. and that, um, those merino wools that we we're talking about naturally combat bacterial growth, so they're gonna they don't get stanky. They're gonna clean themselves in a way, uh, so they don't get all crusty and gross and smelly, and you can just keep wearing them over and over and over and over anyway. and over again. Yeah. All right, next Wash category. Them at some point. <laughs> now this category is kind of take and leave as you want in my opinion um, but waterproofing and storage so why i say that's kind of take or leave a lot of people will line their bag with a trash bag and put all their stuff in that so if their perfect bag gets wet they everything's dry you can do that i've done that before it sometimes weighs i nothing. don't yeah it it's weighs cheap. nothing sometimes i don't do that because it's not going to rain or yeah. I think it's not going to. So that's what I mean. Like you can kind of play with it. I sometimes I do it. Sometimes I don't, you know, whatever. Um, but that is a really cheap and easy way to waterproof your stuff is just sticking all of your stuff in a trash bag and putting it in your pack. Um, waterproof stuff sacks for clothing. Um, again, you could do a stuff sack for clothing. I personally like to just shove my clothing in all the excess like little pockets in my pack. Because and I, yeah, and I kind of like the the cubes and stuff, and yeah, and not cubes necessarily. It depends on you as a packer pack too. Up, yeah. Like I, I know, like to com compartmentalize yeah. stuff. Some people like to do that. I'm just kind of like it's in there. So, <laughs> um, again, this goes back to how you like to pack stuff sacks for organizing gear. I have like one stuff sack with like little things that I don't want to lose, but other than that, I don't usually do that. It's more just organization. Yeah. Um, and extra trash bags or Ziplocs, et cetera, for carrying out garbage or you never know when you could need a, a trash bag. Let's be quite honest. They're quite amazing and waterproof. I kind of want to reiterate that again. You should always take a spare trash bag to pack out trash. Yeah. Even if it's not your trash, pack it out. Yeah. Leave no trace, kiddos. <laughs> um, that, so that, that specific category is very subjective. Do with it as you will. Um, oh, and also, I guess, um, you know, there might be people out there, uh, I've certainly come across it a lot, um, m almost none of these backpacks are going to come waterproof. It's just a lot of weight. 
So yeah. you're going to need to either get a rain cover or do the trash bag or you know, I think the trash bag is easier, quite honestly, because yeah. then you're always ready. Absolutely. You never and know. Honestly, and if you have a down sleeping bag, if that gets wet, you're not going to be warm. Next category, <laughs> toiletries. So this is important, ladies and gents. Um, <laughs> this is important. This is important. <laughs> nothing else. Nothing works. else has been important until right now besides like food. All right. Number one item is a trowel. Why do we need a trowel in the wilderness, Christian? So shitting in the woods is a thing that you're gonna have to do. I feel like we just should have an its own episode. Oh, we on will. How Don't you in the woods. worry. Uh, so that'll that's coming up on the itinerary, folks. Get ready when you're on the trail and you gotta uh, you gotta make some more soil. Um, what you're going to do is you're going to get your trowel. And rule number one is that your thing, things that come out of your body will never touch this spade. It should be clean enough you could <laughs> eat off of it. Do you understand me? So you're not scooping poop with your trowel. It's for dirt. <laughs> like it is just dirt. You should be able to eat off of it. So let me reiterate do, that. Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dig yourself a six to, to, I think it's 12 is the standard, six to 12 inch uh, cat hole um, off the trail, preferably leave no trace, guys, mm -hmm. um, that you can then shit into. <laughs> um, and then that comes to our next item, toilet paper. If you are a toilet paper bringer, I personally don't usually care um, and don't. But if you are going to bring toilet paper, a Ziploc bag to pack out your toilet paper, if you choose to bring any, because <laughs> leave no trace. <laughs> um, for peeing, ladies, gentlemen, this is not really pertaining to you. A pee rag is a really, really good way to just kind of get stuff dry. And then you tie it on the outside of your pack and the sun actually sanitizes it. So it's a really eco-friendly way to still have toilet paper-esque situation. <laughs> Not having to pack out toilet paper. Um, same thing goes with all of your feminine products, ladies. Pack that shit out. <laughs> I don't want to see your tampon in the woods. So moving on, hand sanitizer is a next good one for after you go number two. Keeping stuff clean. And then toothbrush toothpaste. Because we like cleaning our teeth. When you brush your teeth, you want to use as little toothpaste as possible when you're backpacking. And then... Fill your mouth with water so that you can spray it. It's a it. We can go into that and like more in our hyg in a whole hygiene episode. But it's just the most effective way to leave as little um, pollution as possible when it comes to your tooth your toothpaste. Don't just don't don't spit your uh, used toothpaste into a water source. How about or just on the ground in a glob. Yeah. Just spray it out. It's actually really fun. Um. <laughs> next category. First aid. So I made a list of just kind of a simple kit. So you can either go out and buy pre-made first aid kits. You can build your own. I, for a really long time, just had to build my own. But then I was like, oh, I have this other one that I can have. And it's fine. And it's a waterproof bag. But really, really basic stuff. So Band-Aids, alcohol pads, Benadryl, ibuprofen, or just any kind of like non-steroidal um pain reliever um blister care so moleskin is a really really invaluable tool um it just it, it's a little bit softer than a band-aid the adhesive is a little bit more gentle than a band-aid and it it reduces friction on the blister so it therefore reduces pain yeah i think we talked about that a little bit on the uh the 50k episode yeah but. um 
more stuff is duct tape, tweezers, um, a roll of gauze, safety pin. Um, these are all just really multifaceted tools for your very basic first aid kit that you should always carry. Even if you're only going out for a day hike, Christian, what do I always say? I don't know the percentage, but a crazy high percentage of people who get lost or hurt in the woods yeah. happens on day hikes. Yeah. Almost all of these scenarios of people getting lost or, you know, getting like starving themselves or blah, 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 all this stuff getting lost in the woods is because they go out on a day hike thinking they don't need the gear to sustain themselves for oh, like a day I'll or two. Oh, I'll just be back in six hours. Right. That's fine. Always, always, Never always. seen again. Always carry your first, your 10 essentials, which we can go through on a whole other thing. This is, this all, in, this all encompasses your 10 essentials. Just always carry enough to sustain yourself. Next category, miscellaneous. So this is kind of <laughs> just <laughs> the leftovers, um, but also still very important, ladies and gents. Um, headlamp. Headlamp, super important. With fresh batteries. And then also some extra batteries, just in case. You never know. So what do you run? I wear a Black Diamond Spot headlamp. Um, it's a pretty standard issue. Uh, yeah. That's a, that's a uh, $30, $30, $40 headlamp. Mm-hmm. Um, not too expensive. They're pretty much all going to run off of three AAA batteries. That's pretty much the industry mm-hmm. standard. I've and this had, one has three different settings. Yeah, they're all pretty basic. What they're going to do is they're going to have a high beam, which is going to be like a, I think the, the standard's like 20 meters in distance. So long, high, bright light. And then you're going to have your ambient light setting, so it's going to light up your general camp area, but not very far. There's a dimmer on that. There's a dimmer, so you can adjust the levels. And some of these lamps are going to have a low visibility red light, sometimes green. Um, What that's good for is it's less attractive to bugs, and you can also... Not blind your... Not blind your buddy (laughs) as you're trying to (laughs) figure out where you're going in the middle of the night. Yeah. Um, So mine has all three of those. Not all brands have the dimmer. Um, it, mine is a 300 lumen headlamp. Great product. It's waterproof. Most all headlamps are going to be water resistant. Uh, a lot of them are moving towards IP67, IPX8 waterproofing, which is like totally waterproof. As long as you just don't submerge it, you should be fine. Yeah. Um, how many lumens do you think you need? You're fine with 100, 300 lumens. Yeah. I mean... I the only reason I got the 300 lumen over the two was because it was ten dollars more and it had a couple more features with like the dimming and the high beam and the red so I was like yeah mine as well and I genuinely really appreciate how bright it can be I also use this headlamp for running so it's a good wide light to spread when you need to see where you're going if you're like me and you fall down all the time absolutely and I too have a black diamond I've had a black diamond Cosmo which is their uh, like mid category lamp. I've had it for about 13 years and it's still going. Um, so I, I love that thing. I recommend it all the time. But you can also get some Petzl headlamps. So there's the Tika and the Tikina. Uh, they're quality lamps, same, same basic functions. Which, fun fact, what is Petzl Yiddish for? I do not know. Please tell me. Dirty penis. That or is tiny amazing. Penis. I forget which of the two it is, <laughs> but. Petzl is Yiddish for one of the two of those things. So, fun fact, kids. Yeah. Get your your (laughs) penis headlamp. Um, Wear it with pride. 
Oh yeah. That's All right. Great. Next item on the <laughs> category is a pocket knife. Yeah. Um, just a vastly, vastly useful tool from opening your food packet to, you know, sharpening sticks. I don't know what you kids do. Um, I have, I always have a Swiss army knife cause there's multiple tools on it. Um, it's u- mostly used for cutting up summer sausage, but you know, it does what it does. You don't necessarily need to go get one of those giant Leathermans. It's fine. It's just a lot of weight. That's all. And they're pretty pricey. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, your simple, you know. Standard issue. Flip um, blade. I really fun. like having the um, the options on the Swiss Yeah, it's Army nice knife. to have the scissors and the. Yeah, uh, the tweezers yeah. and just. Lots it's of good useful stuff. A lot of nice useful like screwdriver saw. Like if you, you don't know if you're going to need that. You don't need to go that extreme on it. You can get a really basic one, but have, I really like mine. Yeah. I, I think it's part of the 10 essentials. Just have some sort of cutting implement. Implement. Yeah. yeah. The next couple of things are just optional depending on what you need or want. So um, for us, we like to carry around your goal zero charger mm-hmm. um, so we can charge our phones. I have a Lucy light, um, the outdoor pro 2.0, which is also a phone charger. It's a solar powered phone charger and light, which super lightweight, double function. It weighs like Love nothing that. and that thing puts out a crazy amount of And weight. the battery life is insane. I was it's so insane. surprised by that thing. Oh my God. It's insane. I love it so much. And it's waterproof. <laughs> It's waterproof so, and it'll float and... It's just a gem just, of a yeah. product, guys. Take that to the bathroom with you in the middle of the night. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. great. You can use it as a flashlight. Can... And they're not too much money. No, mine was like, I think, 40 bucks. And that's for like bucks? the top end one. Yeah, that's like the, the most expensive one. one. for like $15. Yeah, they're excellent, excellent product. Um, any kind of camera gear would be next that you want to bring... Most people, myself included, will just bring their phone for pictures. I have a GoPro, so sometimes we bring that out. Mm-hmm. Um, Which, for, again, is, is nice to have the Goal Zero charger. Uh, yeah, for all of those up. things. Goal Zero is an awesome company. Um, there's other ones on the market, but... We like the Goal Zero the one. one. We have. <laughs> um, and then lastly, it's really kind of just whatever creature comfort that you want in camp. Sometimes for me, that's a book. Other times it's a deck of cards. It depends on the trip and who you're going with and how much downtime you're expecting to have. Um, but so, yeah, Something just, to do after you get off the trail and you've had your dinner and you're just trying to decompress the day and get to sleep. Or like you got into camp really early and you ate dinner really early. Like what the fuck are you supposed to do until bedtime? Like who knows? Talk, talk to, to each other? Ew. Ew. <laughs> talk to each other all day. <laughs> No, but cards can be a really easy fix for that. You can just play some yeah. cards. There's a bajillion card games. Um, I like. I went on a backpacking trip with my best friend in New Hampshire, and I brought a book, and she didn't. And so then it, we ended up just reading it together out loud. That's fun. <laughs> yeah. It, it's <laughs> a, like it, you can do there's just anything that would add to your experience, make it a little bit more fun. Like we've listened to podcasts before. Like we brought a little speaker and have listened to podcasting camp before. It's always a really good thing. Or yeah. listen to this podcast. Or listen to this one. Ho- hopefully you're not <laughs> hearing this episode for the first time when you're first back. <laughs> but yeah, is that, is that it for that, the list? That wraps up our pretty basic slash in-depth list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of stuff on there. Uh, I know it seems overwhelming, but uh, yeah, hopefully this will oop, take some of the edge off of it. Um, it's It all comes down it's to... It's not as daunting as you yeah, think it is. There's so many brands and so many different products out there that are all trying to get at the same thing, and that's trying to make going outside easier 
and if and it's more easier, fun and you're going to have more fun. Right. So, so. Um, all of these things are what we think is important to bring. And like we said on a lot of the categories, a lot of them are subjective. You have to find whatever system is going to work best for you. And that's only going to come through trial and error. So even stuff down to like what kind of cup I like to bring for my tea at night. Like I had a metal cup and now I have a silicone cup and I like the silicone cup a lot more because I don't burn my mouth. You know (laughs) what I mean? Like there's just little things that you learn as you go that at first you thought the one was a really great idea. And then you were like, oh, no, I hate that so much. I want to kill everything. (laughs) Maybe you don't get that extreme, but I do. So, you know, then you learn what you like and you can just make it a better experience for yourself. Yeah. Take all the reviews on all these products with a grain of salt. You should read all of them. Uh, Not all of them. (laughs) Because a lot of them are people like you and us who really try out the products, really give them a run for their money and see if it's good for them. And then other times they don't know what they're talking about. Trial and error. Yeah, trial and error. But we hope that you liked this list. We'll definitely go more into different backpacking categories and topics as the future continues because there's a lot in this episode that we could break down into like multiple We're hours. Just skimming the surface. But this is just, yeah, this is just a basic list of things. And in the future, we will go through a lot of stuff. Um, Absolutely. But this is at least what I brought on my overnight and what we usually bring this is just kind of an overview and thanks for listening yeah thanks for coming along for the journey and we hope you have an awesome time backpacking in the future have fun outside thanks guys